2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Sports Radio 101.9 FM. The Fan. and Sports Radio 66. WFAN. New York. All righty, folks. 844 here on this Friday evening. It is a jam-packed edition of JJ After Dark. It's John C. right here on The Fan. And... Now we look ahead to Week Four in the NFL. It started with a Bronco victory over the New York Jets to give us some help with the Week Four card. Let's welcome in my good pal Jared Smith over at Sports Grid. Smithy, what's happening, brother?
1: J.J., my man. So I caught the end of that last segment. I think uh, I, I, it pains me to agree with you that that I think the Rays are indeed the better the better uh, side in, in that particular series. And the books agree. We're already seeing the movement towards Tampa Bay. They well, I was going to say,
0: I'm sorry impressive. to cut you off there, Smitty, but I no, wanted to bring this up right out of the gate. I saw yeah. the opening line at Yankees minus 135. Were you surprised the Yankees were installed as Very favorites? The only justification absolutely. for me was like this idea – that, you know, the Yankees, the Lakers, the Cowboys always seem to get that extra juice. Do you think that was it? I I mean, yes, but also, I mean,
1: granted, I do use the East Coast books, which might be a little more slanted, especially the books here in New Jersey, a little more slanted towards the Yankees, especially coming off of the very impressive performance, what we saw. But don't get me wrong, Tampa Bay's performance was just as impressive against Toronto. I mean, they left no doubt uh, in their two games, especially in game two. I'm not surprised that we saw the movement towards Tampa Bay. I'm surprised at the gap of the line when it opened. It was Tampa Bay like plus 130 in some books. Which I think is a very, very, uh, you know, disrespectful to what Tampa Bay's done this year. They're still being booked as kind of co favorites in the American League, slight edge to the Yankees. It's kind of ironic that you can get the Yankees at, at a better price, and, and, and the, the series line between the Yankees and Tampa is a little bit more compressed now, but we are seeing movement towards Tampa Bay. I think that's the right side. I think that'll be the sharper side, and we'll see. Obviously, you know, they got to roll out the ball and play, but I, unfortunately, I do agree that Tampa Bay seems to be the better betting side uh, in that series.
0: We'll hold off because the Padres and the Cardinals are scoreless and we'll see who's going to play the Dodgers. But Marlins, Mm. Braves, A's and Astros, would you have a strong sense on either of those two series? Well, I mean, the Braves
1: certainly, I think it helps the Braves that they're facing a team in this spot that they have faced a lot this season. And I think obviously all the 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 issues that Atlanta has had, I don't know if you can really count. I mean, in in the books, this counts as an official postseason series, but in the grand scheme of baseball, it is kind of a weird, you know, middle ground between is this a is this a series or is this kind of a wild card? So uh, I think Atlanta got over the hump a little bit. You know, some of the demons that they've had to exercise over the last couple of decades, their winning playoff series. Uh, So I think that helps that they're facing a Marlins team that they're familiar with. I expect a lot of of close grinded out games on the other side in the American League in that A's uh, Astros series I mean that series was heated this year you had the Ramon Lariano benches clearing brawl with like one of the one of the first base coaches for Houston and that's another divisional series it's kind of ironic we're getting so many divisional series in the divisional series I guess it's, it's healthy that it works out that way I expect that series to be very tight I'm worried about Houston's pitching staff over the long term though they don't they, they got by in a, in a, in a two-game setting against Minnesota. But when you stretch those series out, they're very thin at the top of that rotation. So I'm a little concerned for Houston's pitching. And Oakland's pitching has been really good. So I would give the edge to the A's in that series.
0: Okay, Smitty, let's get to the NFL here in week four. I'm going to start first with the fishiest line of the week. When I see okay. line movement and I consider who the opponent may be, Seattle and Miami, my team, the mm. Dolphins. I thought this line would open at seven. It didn't. It opened at six and a half. Not only has it not gone in the direction of Seattle, it's gone with line movement in the direction of the Dolphins. Yet, it seems like everybody in the world is on Seattle. No Jamal Adams, West Coast to East Coast, bad Seattle defense. Man, I'm seeing six and a half, six with the Dolphins. I'm scooping that. I'm running with that, Smitty. I think this has 35-31 Seahawks written all over it. I agree.
1: I also love the over in this matchup. I mean, the, the three Seattle games, 64, 65, 68 combined points probably would have been 75 last Sunday if DK Metcalf didn't, try, didn't make one of the more boneheaded plays you'll see in the NFL this season. So Seattle's scoring at a very high rate, and you nailed it with the defense for Seattle. Dunbar and Adams both out in that secondary. Seattle ranks last in passing yards allowed per game, and that was with those two guys in and out of the lineup the first three weeks. Now it's a very thin secondary for the Seahawks. And I think Fitzpatrick looked really good last Thursday night. He gets extra time to prepare for this game. You've got Seattle, as you mentioned, going west to east, And the line movement is about as fishy as it gets. And that's not a pun on on the Dolphins. I mean, over 80% of the tickets, uh, 80% of the action on Seattle, yet you're seeing compression in the marketplace on the Seahawks. You can get them right now at minus 5.5, minus 6 at some books, but I agree with you. I I, I think this is a game. Now, this has burned contrarian betters over the last couple weeks. The Chiefs. Uh, You know, the Ravens were the contrarian pick on Monday night. The Saints were the contrarian pick on Sunday night against those, you know, really highly touted quarterbacks, those high-flying offenses, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. And then it came out being bad for the contrarian sharp sides, and the public sides ended up being the winner there. Something tells me that'll balance out at some point. And the public has been very successful over the last three weeks, but I have a feeling... Well, that makes
0: sense, Jared, because I've got my ass whooped the last three weeks. So no wonder why the public's been successful. You know, that's why...
1: we are contrarian sharp betters when it comes to the NFL. We don't like to back the public sides. That's 80% of the action. You know, if we're going to take a favorite, it's going to be a, in certain spots. Ironically, I think there's a couple favorites this week that, that kind of warrant that. But I agree. I, I'm, I'm on Miami this week, and I'm, I'm really loving that over.
0: You know I'm not a believer in taking a heavy public side, but I'm going to give you one I like mm-hmm. here. Arizona is coming off a tough loss against the Detroit Lions. That was a desperation game for the Lions. That was a season-saving game for the Lions. But I still am a believer in the Cardinals, Jared. I think they're legit. I think they can be a playoff team. And I have them as an over. I, I was in on the Cardinals all year. If they are the team that I thought they were, right? This is a game. I don't care if it's West Coast or East Coast. Against Carolina coming off a win. No Christian McCaffrey. This is a game on the road you should win. Am I right or am I wrong? Oh, 100%. Uh, but
1: again, it's another one of those games where we're seeing a lot of the action on Arizona and the line is kind of drifting back towards three. So uh, I, I think this is a good stay-away spot for Arizona just to see what they are. Because I, I do agree with you. If this is a team in Arizona that wants to contend and win a Super Bowl, which I think they have a roster that certainly can. I mean, they're, 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 their quarterback is, is, is legit and their defense is playing at a very high level. They're the best third-down defense in the league. And that really surprised me to see, uh, because they do have some holes in the back. But this is a team that really does well in the red zone. They do well on third downs. They're able to get off the field. They're a top-10 passing defense. Offensively, their efficiency numbers are actually a little lower than I thought. They're 18th in yards per play. So I think there's actually room for improvement on this Cardinals offense, despite the fact that the narrative is Kyler Murray's been sensational through the first three weeks of the season. Again, this is one of those – there's some tricky spots. that There are some landmines to avoid this week in the NFL. A lot of very heavy public favorites with the line moving against them. This is one of them. This line's a little shorter, so you're not as concerned with Carolina you know, covering and not winning i.e., you know, kind of Seattle and Miami, you can see a scenario where Seattle wins that game, doesn't cover the spread. If you get the Cardinals minus three, you're not as concerned with that. This might be a good money line spot, you know, just to, just to be sure that if the Cardinals win this game, it's not something crazy that costs you, uh, you know, a victory. But, I mean, the, the numbers for Arizona indicate room for improvement. So I certainly think they haven't played up to their potential yet.
0: Jerry, let's get to New England and Kansas City. I can't wait for this game. Cam Newton's mm. playing great. The Patriots... Uh, so much for rebuilding. They're 2-1 and one to start this year. Right. Um, and a lot of my instincts would point me in a New England direction this week. Kansas City, big win, short week, Bill Belichick. Like, a, a lot of my instincts say New England, but maybe I'm scored because we went against Mahomes Monday night. Uh, he threw it right back in my face. And, yeah. Jarrett, there's no way in the world I'm doing it again. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> even though my instincts say in New England – There's not a chance in hell I'm playing the Patriots this weekend because I'm not getting burned by the best player in the sport again. No way. Not going to do it. I
1: don't blame you. The analytical nerd in me says that the outcome, that's like the fallacy of the predetermined outcome. You know, you're know, you kind of basing your bias on this pick based on what happened last week in a different set of circumstances. I agree. It, it, it's hard as a human being with emotions and, and with feelings to block out what we saw on Monday night. But I'll give you the New England case and I'll make the case for the pick because I'm with you. This is the perfect spot for New England. I mean, this is the actual, like the ideal letdown spot for, for Kansas City coming off of, it's a short week and and here's the thing about it that kind of confuses me with this new england team i feel like new england really hasn't shown us what they truly are yet they showed it a little bit against seattle but i think bill belichick is playing his cards very close to the best as we mentioned in that first game against miami they did nothing they ran the ball and they ran a very vanilla offense then we saw it open up a little bit against seattle then last week against vegas again very reserved vegas made a ton of mistakes and, and and belichick didn't have to do a lot uh, to win that game. Unlike on Monday night, the chiefs were going through, you know, the deep into the bag of tricks, the red zone plays, the shovel passes, the crazy stuff. They put a lot on tape for Bill Belichick to digest. And it's a short week for Kansas city. If you can get the full seven, which I don't think you're going to be able to get anymore. I absolutely would take new England. Uh, Belichick. I saw this stat. He's unbeaten as a dog of six points or more against the number. So uh, that I'm shocked. Is How many times to- does that happened? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe I one or two times, times in, the so in the Matt
0: castle was. era, uh, maybe six when Tom Brady one. was a rookie. I mean, that's the only time mm. I'm thinking New England was a seven-point dog. Uh, maybe the Garoppolo game, too, against Arizona. You remember yeah. that in week one? I think they were a six-and-a-half-point yeah. dog in Arizona that year. And they cover. And They, they and won
1: outright that year. Way to cover. Exactly. And, and I'll say this. Defensively, when we're trying to game script this, to me it's obvious the Patriots are going to go zone. They're going to make everything You know, – they're, they're going to push everything in front of you. They're going to make Mahomes – not frustrate him, but they're going to make him throw underneath – and make him to force a throw down the field. If he does throw down the field, it's going to be a forced throw because they're going to give up a lot. This is one of those games where, you know, an Edward Hilaire or a Kyrie kill could have like 100, 150 yards but not find the end zone because everything's just pushed in front. I have a feeling Belichick's going to draw. Now, granted, their, their defense has been a little bit beleaguered. I mean, you saw what happened against Seattle. They've had some issues this year. They're still a top 11, top 12 unit in passing yards allowed. They're only in their 19th in rushing yards per game, though. So they can be had on the ground a little bit. The thing for New England that scares me is they're leading the league in takeaways right now. And you know that that is a very fluky statistic. And that can come back to kind of balance out the action a little bit. So I like New England at plus 7. I'm not going to go crazy if it's 6. But I definitely think – I don't think I can lay with Casey. This is a pass or pass spot for me.
0: Jared Smith over at Sports Gritty joins us here on The Fan, joins us each and every Football Friday here on The Fan. Jared, I'm not usually a big tease guy, but man, mm. a Baltimore Rams tease this week. <laughs> I mean, Baltimore Rams and the Buccaneers. How does that lose, bro? You read
1: my mind. I, I, and honestly, I, I don't even think you need the Bucks. I mean, I mean, you could throw them in there if you want to get a little more juice on it. But I think this is the best teaser spot and I've been doing the, the you know, heavy betting on the NFL probably for, I don't know, eight, ten years, this is the best teaser spot I can remember. Because it's like both teams have a perfect spot to not only win the game by the teaser number, but also win outright uh, by the, you know, the spread number. I, I don't think it's a surprise that we've seen both of these numbers go heavily in the other direction. Both of them are kind of kissing that, that two-touchdown mark right now. If you were going to ask me to pick one, I think the Rams is a better spot. Uh, I, I think the Rams' offense is an absolute powder keg, and the Giants now without Peppers, how are they stopping Jared Goff, who's one of the best? I think he is the best deep ball thrower in the NFL right now. I think statistically, uh, it's him and 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 Rogers that have the best numbers uh, throwing the ball twenty yards or more down the field. But I think Goff has just—he's got the arm strength. He's a little younger. He can push it, I think, a little bit further down the field. And he has just been incredible. Great spot for the Rams too, off of a loss. The only concern for me is they're coming back to the West Coast after back-to-back East Coast trips. And I know the travel can be a little fooky sometimes. That's the only kind of chink in the armor I see in what is a really ironclad spot for the Rams this week. Ravens are a great spot, too. I mean, Washington's 31st in yards per play. They can't move the ball. They're being outscored, too. If you really want to bet the Ravens, I think the first half's a good spot. Washington outscored 54-14 in the first half this season. So they have just started really slow, and I think if Haskins gets off to a slow start, you could see the, the, you know, the, 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 the trigger being pulled uh, by Ron Rivera at some point in this game. So I think first half Ravens a great spot, and I really like the Rams spot.
0: All right, my friend, now it's time. Best bets for week four. Jared, we got to get hot. We got to get going. Mm. So what's on your card this weekend?
1: I tell you what, the best bet this week, I think it's that that over for Seattle and Miami. I I don't see a scenario where Russell Wilson doesn't put up four touchdowns. And if the Seattle Seahawks defense is as banged up as as we think, I think Fitzy's going to have a big game. And I I could see them winning that game outright. I I like the angle on the contrarian dog for Miami. But I think my best bet of the week is the over in that game. I feel like, barring some kind of hurricane in Miami this weekend, I, I think that that game is ripe for points.
0: Okay, so you're like, over Seattle-Miami, if there's one particular side that you love this week, what would it be? Take, take a look at
1: Detroit. The home dog, we've already seen that line compressed down a little bit. It opened at four and a half. It's down to three, and that's because we got some really bad injury news for New Orleans today. Corners, Lattimore, Jenkins, tight end, Cook, offensive guard, Pete, Davenport's out. Michael Thomas now is out. Kenny Galladay coming back for Detroit has been a huge boost for that offense. And Drew Brees, I think this is another really good overgame because I think Drew Brees is going to have some time to throw. The Lions struggle to get after the passer. That's where I think this game kind of scares me a little bit to bet Detroit outright. But if you can get it at three and a half, if you can find a three and a half out there, I think this is going to be a really close game. And I'll tell you what, this Detroit Lions team, I know they've been beleaguered. I know they've had some rough losses. But, man, oh, man, Stafford, can still swing it and with Galladay back and and those those corners out for New Orleans I can see I can see Stafford having a ton of success this week I think it's a good home dog spot for the Lions to get a win
0: my main man Jared Smith over at Sports Grid Jared fantastic work as always amigo we will do it again next week let's cash some tickets all right JJ good luck brother go Yanks There you have it. Jared Smith over at Sports Grid. We come back with more of your calls. Getting you ready for the Yankees in a raise. Getting you ready for NFL Week 4. NBA Finals about to get on the way. Busy night in sports. Update time. 9 o'clock. It's Kevin Dexter.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.